0: Hi everyone, Jonathan Monty here, and thanks for joining me for this special podcast presentation of my life transforming training program. It's appropriately titled Life Transformation The Complete Journey. It's a nine part program designed to empower you to uncover and overcome whatever blocks are holding you back, to help you discover your true self, to create lasting changes, find emotional freedom, build confidence and self esteem achieve balance and harmony, reach your personal goals, and create a life of greater happiness, purpose, and fulfillment, and thrive in a higher consciousness. Throughout this training program, I'll teach you the proven strategies and the exact step-by-step process that I've discovered and have personally used to transform my life and the lives of the countless students I've worked with. Now, in order to get the most out of this training program, it's essential that you start with the first episode and move through each of the nine episodes in their sequential order. Each episode builds upon the lessons of the previous episodes, and each episode reveals specific tools and techniques and include exercises and guided meditations that will help you achieve absolutely extraordinary results. In addition to the nine episodes, this training program includes 15 guided meditations that can be found right here on this podcast channel. And to get free instant access and download the personal success guide and workbook, you can head over to my website at jonathanmonte.com forward slash life transformation. Once again, that's jonathanmonte.com forward slash life transformation to download your free personal success guide and workbook. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can get all of my latest episodes and learn more ways to achieve the life you truly desire. And now I present to you Episode 8, Freedom Through Practicing Personal Responsibility. Hi friends, Jonathan Monti here and welcome back to Life Transformation, The Complete Journey. This is episode eight, where you'll find even greater freedom through practicing personal responsibility. I hope you've finished the exercises in the previous episode and have started to follow your action plans to create the changes and the life you desire. Now, the tools and principles you'll learn in this episode should be applied in and throughout your life to gain even greater personal freedom. Here, we'll discuss why taking personal responsibility is so powerful and ways you can take responsibility and action to further transform your life. Now, in order for us to completely transform our lives, we must take full responsibility of our emotions, thoughts, choices, actions, and behaviors. And in this, we must also take responsibility for the outcomes and effects of our actions. Building our awareness will allow us to better see and gauge if our actions and behaviors are aligning themselves with our values and beliefs, and how our actions affect our life and the world around us. And it's our responsibility to bring these things into alignment, to learn from our experiences and correct our mistakes. This is how we grow. This is how we move forward and further our transformation. We live in a society and a culture which promotes and reinforces this illusion of perfection, this illusion that everyone has everything all figured out. But this is not the case. The truth is that none of us are perfect. We all have imperfections. We all make mistakes. And we all have room to grow. But we can't fall back on making excuses or blaming others. Because when we become aware and learn from our faults, from our mistakes, from our unknowing and inconsistencies, we have an opportunity to grow and become an even better person. This is your life and you are responsible for it. So one of the areas we'll want to focus our awareness is to identify if any of our actions have or are harming others. This is a form of moral and social responsibility. If we live our lives focused exclusively on ourselves, our wants, our needs, goals and desires and ignore how our actions affect others, then we're living a selfish life with a narrow view. So the goal here is to become aware of how our actions affect others so we can adjust our actions and behavior to be more constructive than destructive, more positive than negative, more helpful than harmful. Now, in part of our next episode, we're going to cover in detail how we can use our constructive energy to help others and foster a positive shift in the global consciousness. But before we get to that, we need to become aware of how our actions and behavior may have or are currently harming others so we can then modify our behavior and try to repair any damage we've done. Now, generally speaking, we harm others when our actions or behavior diminishes the quality of some aspect of someone's life. And there are a lot of different ways we can wind up harming people. We can harm people physically, emotionally, sexually, financially, spiritually, through neglect, and so on. We may have set out to intentionally harm others where we may have unintentionally harmed them. And if we're intentionally harming others, then we'll need to take a look at why we're doing this. Are we harming others out of revenge or spite? Or do we feel justified in some way? If we're unintentionally harming others, then we'll want to become more aware of our actions and behavior to try and avoid causing even more harm. Now, it's important for me to clarify that there may be some situations where others may be harmed from our actions or behavior where we haven't done anything wrong per se. For example, someone may perceive they've been harmed if they have unrealistic expectations or are unreasonably sensitive. Another way others may perceive they've been harmed is when they need their beliefs, values, and opinions to be validated and agreed with. And our conflicting beliefs, values, and opinions cause them to get upset. And while we always have a part and are responsible for our own actions and behaviors, we cannot take responsibility for other people's unrealistic expectations, unreasonable sensitivities, or their needs to be validated. And with that being said, if we know others suffer from these traits, and we engage with them intentionally to upset them, then we are intentionally causing harm, and we have to take responsibility for doing so. And our actions and behavior may also harm more than just individual people. It's possible for us to cause harm to groups of people, places, objects, and institutions. And we're just as responsible for causing harm here as we are to individuals. And harming others is not a one-way street. When we harm others, we also inevitably harm ourselves. We create an unbalancing of forces and a type of debt which must be paid in order to regain balance in our lives. And there are some huge benefits to taking responsibility for our actions and making amends. Through the amends process, we not only restore balance in our lives, but we also build our humility and exercise our courage. We set out to clean the slate, which will ultimately free us of our past and wrongdoings. And the person we're making amends to will, of course, also benefit by our acknowledgement of our harms done to them, as well as our humble and sincere desire to do whatever it is we can do to repair the damage we've caused. They'll also benefit by witnessing the capacity and opportunity that exists for dramatic personal growth. And by making amends to those we've harmed, we may in turn inspire them to take personal responsibility for their own actions and make amends for wherever they've caused harm. We may not be able to completely correct every wrong we've ever committed, but we do our best to do everything we can to make things right. And even if we do all we can to repair the harms we've done, we'll never be able to return that period of time which the other person suffered in. This is another reason why we want to do our best to not harm others. But if we have, then we want to limit the amount of time other people and ourselves suffer by making amends as quickly as possible. Now, admitting our faults and making amends may seem like an intimidating and embarrassing process, but it doesn't have to be. When we realize how much good can come from our simple act of taking responsibility and correcting our mistakes, we start to understand how practicing this principle is an empowering aspect of our lives. I have to warn you though, if we skip this vital step and fail to take responsibility and make amends for our harms, then we won't be able to regain the balance needed to fully transform our lives. The debt of our actions and behaviors will stay with us and prevent us from experiencing the level of happiness, serenity, and peace which would otherwise be available to us. Taking responsibility for our actions and correcting our mistakes is a powerful and essential element in our transformation and becomes an invaluable practice for us to use moving forward. So, once you've finished watching this episode, I want you to refer to your personal success guide and workbook, where under this episode's section, you'll find a worksheet which will help guide you through this process of taking personal responsibility for any harms you've caused others. We'll want to ask ourselves, whom have we harmed? Remember, this may be another person, a group of people, places, objects, or institutions. We'll want to ask ourselves, what was our behavior or actions which harmed them? Were we aware that these actions could or would harm them? Did we intentionally or unintentionally harm them? Why did we act or behave this way? Which of our personality traits led us to take this action? Was it our ignorance, selfishness, greed, ego, pride, envy, fear, insecurities, resentments, or dishonesty? How else could have we behaved? What should have we done instead? And then finally, what personality traits should we develop and which behavior or behaviors should we adopt so as not to repeat causing harm in this way? In this evaluation of our harmful actions and behavior, we'll want to reflect back over our entire lives, going back as far as we can remember. We are responsible for everything we've done, no matter how long ago something may have taken place. And once you've completed this worksheet for each person we've harmed, we'll want to do everything we can to make things right. So let's now go into greater detail about the options we have for correcting our mistakes. In some cases, an apology will work, whereas in other cases, we'll need to make amends. And amends and an apology are not the same thing. So let's look at each and see how they're different. An apology is when we acknowledge our offense and express sincere regret for our behavior. So an apology should be made when we have done something wrong, when we have offended someone and we sincerely regret what we've done. An amends is where we give an apology as well as our best efforts to compensate for or repair our harms. So an amends should be made when we, one, have done something wrong and sincerely regret what we've done and two, our wrongdoing has injured another person. The distinguishing factor here is that if we caused harm and injured the other person in such a way that we should try and repair whatever damage we caused. In addition to either making an apology or an amends, we should look at how we need to change our behavior. After all, our behavior is what harms others. So we need to take a look and see how it affects others and how we should change our behavior so it's no longer harmful to others. Now, in taking responsibility of our lives, we take responsibility of our actions and behaviors. And part of giving an apology or an amends includes us changing our behavior. Think about it. If we give an apology or an amends and we sincerely regret our behavior, then we should want to work on changing it. If we don't take responsibility and work to change our behavior, then do we really regret what we've done? No, of course not. And if we're not sincere and don't work to change our behavior, then our apology or amends is just a shallow facade and we'll continue to suffer as I've already outlined. And if we continue to have the same behavior, then chances are we'll continue to harm others and fall even further out of balance. So in either case, we need to modify our behavior. And not only does this demonstrate our sincerity, but if we adjust our behavior, then we'll be less likely to harm others in the same way. Now, most of the time, changing our behavior isn't too difficult of a task. What we want to do is identify our harmful behavior and replace it with a behavior which is constructive. For example, if you're late in meeting with someone, then work towards being early, or at least on time. Or let's say you were being selfish, then you would work on having a greater interest in others and less focus on yourself. Or let's say you lied, then you'd want to practice honesty. Pretty simple, right? So in changing our behavior, we should always do our best. But if we change our behavior and then fall back into the same old pattern, then we should continue working on it. And depending on the behavior and how ingrained it is in our life, some behaviors may be harder to change than others. But we don't make excuses and we don't give up. We keep working on doing better. However, if you identify a harmful pattern of behavior, which you're having difficulty in changing, then you'll want to refer back to episode five, where we discussed in detail how to overcome harmful patterns of behavior. And if we still continue to have difficulty in changing our behavior, then it may be a manifestation of an internal conflict, which would then need to be resolved first in order to change the behavior. Again, this is all covered in episode five, so be sure to revisit that episode and perform the associated exercise in your workbook if you need to. So let's take a closer look at how to give an apology. Again, an apology is when we acknowledge our offense and express sincere regret for our behavior. So when we see that our behavior has offended someone and we regret our behavior, then we should apologize to that person as soon as possible An apology can be given in any form of communication, from in person and face-to-face to to a phone call, an email, a private message, or even a text. But ideally, and from my experience, apologies given in person or over the phone get the best reception. However, face-to-face apologies may not always be possible or needed. So depending on your relationship with the person, how often you see each other and communicate with them, you should use the most appropriate method to communicate your apology. If your relationship is more formal and you infrequently see the person, then an email may be appropriate. Whereas if you're giving an apology to a friend that you see more often, then you have a better chance of giving it in person. Again, it all depends on the kind of relationship you have with the person and what you're apologizing for. You'll also want to consider the environment you're giving your apology in. And depending on what you're apologizing for, you may want to pull the person aside and apologize to them in private. Now, in minor instances, such as bumping into someone, a simple I'm sorry will do. However, if we're apologizing for something more than a casual mistake, then we'll need to go further than just saying we're sorry. So an example of how you can word a thorough apology would be, I need to apologize to you for it taking me so long to call you back. I'm sorry I didn't call you back sooner. And I regret that I waited as long as I did before I called. I'll do my best in the future to be more responsive. But this is just an example. So long as we acknowledge our offense and express our sincere regret for our behavior, we can use whatever wording best suits the situation. And it's better to be clear and concise with our apologies, so the person we're apologizing to can understand exactly what we're doing and saying. You'll want to avoid rationalizing or coming up with excuses for your behavior, because that defeats the whole purpose of what we're trying to do. And if the person you're apologizing to wants to talk more about what happened or if they have questions, then we can answer their questions as appropriate. But we, again, want to stay away from justifying our behavior or coming up with excuses. This is important because the person you're apologizing to may respond by downplaying the situation. But if we know our behavior has offended them, then we need to take ownership of it. And alternatively, we may have an experience completely opposite of this, where we give an apology and then the person we're apologizing to goes on to tell us how we've harmed or injured them in a way we weren't even aware of. If this happens, we'll want to hear them out and carefully listen to them so we can understand exactly what we did And how our behavior injured them. We can then take responsibility for injuring them and make amends as appropriate. Another common occurrence is for the person we're apologizing to to take responsibility of any behavior they've had towards us, which was offensive, and apologize for it. This may or may not happen depending on the situation and the person, but regardless of the other person's behavior, we are responsible for cleaning up our side of the street. Now, if our behavior has harmed or injured another person, if we have taken something which was not ours to take, or if we've diminished the quality of someone's life, then we need to take responsibility for our behavior and make amends to those we've harmed. It's up to us to change our behavior, to repair whatever damage we've caused, to return or restore whatever we've taken. We make things right. And as soon as we see that our behavior has harmed another person, we should promptly make amends. We shouldn't wait until we're pressured, shamed, or caught. The time that passes from when we injure someone to when we make amends can't be returned to them, so we face the truth and take responsibility for what we've done. In considering our amends, we never want to cause more harm by our efforts to make things right. We do not implicate others or go to those we've harmed if it will create further pain and suffering. If this is the case, then it's still up to us to change our behavior and then make an indirect amends by doing for others what we would have done for the person we injured. This expression of constructive energy will help us restore balance, but it won't directly repair the injury we caused the other person. And even if we make indirect amends in this way, we still must remain willing to make direct amends to the person we've harmed if the opportunity presents itself, and in doing so, it won't cause additional harm. With that said, let's now take a look at the amends process. The first step is for us to consider our behavior. We see our part, our wrongdoings, and how it may have affected the other person. Second, we'll want to change our behavior. Again, this is something we should do as soon as we see that our behavior injured someone. Next, we'll want to consider how we may be able to make things right, and what we do to amend our harms will depend on what our behavior was and how we harmed the person. And there are three types of amends we can make, personal amends, physical amends, and financial amends. Personal amends is where we express specific constructive behavior to repair aspects of the relationship with the person we harmed. Physical amends includes the physical return or repair of items which were taken or damaged. And financial amends is where we pay restitution for our financial wrongdoings or in cases where we cannot return or repair physical items. Next, we'll want to contact the person we've harmed and let them know we need to make amends to them. Depending on our relationship with the person, and so long as it's not inappropriate, we'll ideally want to meet with the person face-to-face. But if meeting in person isn't possible or would be inappropriate, we can make amends over the phone or even through email. We want to be as personal as possible. That's why meeting face-to-face is ideal. So long as it's not inappropriate, this is what we should strive for. We don't wanna hide behind our phone or computer out of fear. It's possible that when we contact the person we've harmed, They may just want to engage in that medium right then and there. So be prepared if you call someone to make amends to them right there on the phone. And in making amends to them, we should acknowledge our offense by explaining what we did. And we do this without justifying our behavior or giving them excuses. We should also express our sincere regret for our behavior and let them know we're changing it. And we hope they can forgive us. And then we ask them what we can do to make it right. At this point, we let them speak and then carefully listen to what they have to say. We should answer any questions they may have so long as we don't cause more harm in the answers we give. The person we're making amends to may or may not ask for specific actions on our part to amend what we've done. If they don't ask for any specific action on our part, then we should be willing to offer what we believe would help mend the situation they may or may not accept our offer. If they reject our offer and they aren't asking anything from us, we should let it be at that. We don't wanna push someone into accepting amends on our terms. Remember, this is about us trying to repair our harms, but if they're willing to let it go, then we should respect that. In many cases, the sheer acknowledgement of our harms and willingness to make things right is enough for a lot of folks to be satisfied. Now, in our amends statement, we expressed our hope that they can forgive us. However, if the person we're making amends to is unwilling to forgive us, that's okay. Remember that their forgiveness doesn't set us free. It frees them. So if they choose to hold on to a resentment towards us after we've attempted to make things right, then that's their business, not ours. And in some cases, we may find the other person to be spiteful or unrealistic and how they would like their injury mended. But we have no obligation to perform acts or change behaviors which are unassociated with the injuries we caused. Alternatively, in other cases, we may find that through demonstrating our courage to face the truth of our behavior and take responsibility for it, the person we're making amends to may in turn make amends to us for any wrongdoings on their part. But if the other person has harmed us, then it's up to them to take responsibility for it. Regardless of any harms the other person may have caused us, we take responsibility for our part. As our amends, our freedom should not be contingent on anyone else's amends to us. We are responsible for our behavior and how we affect others. So these are the steps we should follow to make amends. Now, Once we've completed the exercises in our success guide and workbook and have made our list of people we own amends to, we should organize it as to which amends we'll make first. We should start with the amends, which will be easier to make so we can get a feel for how to do it. From there, we'll get more comfortable and confident with the amends process. This confidence will help prepare us for making our more difficult amends. Don't stall or wait to do this. Remember, the sooner we make our amends, the less time will be lost suffering and hiding, and the sooner we'll be able to regain balance, find freedom, and face the world with greater dignity and self-esteem. As we further transform our lives and change our behavior, we'll become even more balanced, experiencing greater harmony and fewer conflicts. However, since we all have unique personal aspects, varying needs, wants, opinions, and beliefs, there's always a chance we'll disagree or conflict with other people. And when these aspects clash with others and we experience a conflict, we should always do our best to resolve our conflicts with dignity and without harming the other person. And learning how to resolve conflicts in a respectful and dignified way will allow us to have a more constructive outcome and will keep us from behavior which we might otherwise need to give an apology or make amends for. But if we fail to develop our ability to resolve conflicts, then our productivity and usefulness will be diminished. So here are the steps we can take to resolve our conflicts with integrity. One, avoid fighting or arguing just for the sake of winning, being right, or validated. If you do this, then you're instigating the conflict. Two, remain calm. If you raise your voice or become hostile, then the other person may do the same making things worse. Three, clearly state the problem as you understand it and express your concern, need, or point. Four, without interrupting them, carefully listen to the other person to understand their position or point of view. Five, ask questions if you need clarity. Six, let them know the points you agree with and why. Seven, take responsibility for your part if you have one eight let them know the points you disagree with and why nine stick to discussing and resolving one conflict at a time and 10 offer solutions and if possible try to compromise to find a mutually agreeable solution 11 If you cannot reach a mutually agreeable solution and the conflict can't be resolved, then you may wanna consider bringing in a third party to help or you can remove yourself from the situation. And 12, either way, whether you're able to resolve the conflict or not, you'll have maintained your personal integrity. Now, if we follow these steps and practice resolving conflicts with integrity, we not only allow ourselves to become more balanced, and experience greater harmony, but it also demonstrates to others how we can gracefully conduct ourselves while observing and expressing our own unique personal aspects without becoming hostile. And as we take responsibility for our lives in the way we've outlined, we'll begin to feel even more confident in our ability to completely transform our lives. We'll see that we can create whatever life we want without having to diminish the quality of anyone else's life. And we should always maintain our integrity and do our best. But if we fall short, we can learn, change our behavior, and make amends for our mistakes. And our growing confidence will allow us to more easily take responsibility and overcome challenges. We'll feel empowered to experience and grow even more, knowing that life is an endless opportunity for us to explore. And the more we travel in this direction, the more self confidence we'll have in who we are, what we're doing, and who we're becoming. Now, we've covered quite a bit in this episode, and I invite you to watch it as many times as needed so you can fully absorb the information. Be sure to follow the exercises in your personal success guide and workbook. Take the time to carefully review your history and outline any harmful behaviors you have. Then be up and doing. Take the action of going out and apologizing and making amends for your errors. Take responsibility, grow, and keep moving forward. Don't wait until you've made all your amends to watch the next and final episode. Watch it as soon as possible. And as this episode has focused on developing our awareness of how we may harm others and make amends, our next episode is entirely dedicated to developing our awareness and ability to help others and foster a positive shift in the global consciousness. I'm extremely proud of you, your courage, and all the work you're doing. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next episode. Hi, everyone. It's Jonathan here. Hey, I hope you enjoyed episode eight of Life Transformation, The Complete Journey. Don't forget to download your free personal success guide and workbook from my website at jonathanmonte.com forward slash life transformation. Once again, that's jonathanmonte.com forward slash life transformation. Once you're there, you can also download the complete audio course and the entire 15 track guided meditation album. And that's all for free. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can get all of my latest episodes and learn more ways to achieve the life you truly desire. Now, your feedback is inspiring, so I have a favor to ask, and that's this. Please rate, review, and recommend this podcast channel. That way, I know you're enjoying these episodes and that I'm actually helping people transform their lives. You can also follow me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jonathan Monty Live. Once again, that's facebook.com forward slash Jonathan Monty, L-I-V-E. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. I wish you an extraordinary life, and I'll see you in the next episode.